Motown Rundown, welcome back, welcome in. Uh, per usual on this show, at the end of each show, I say we'll see you guys next week. And for whatever reason, in in uh, recent weeks, we've been taking a, some some time off. I don't know, I don't know how it happens, but I know it's been about two weeks now or a week and a half since we posted an episode. But we're here. We're here. This is what February tenth. We're recording this one late. It's a Thursday. What's to up, be honest, man? dude, there hasn't been – I mean, today we, it was NBA trade deadline. We got a lot of talk about the Pistons. Like, yep. there's been stuff going on with the wins, but I feel like it's going to be a good pod. It's not like we missed anything completely yeah. crucial. Yeah, it's like when you it's like when you don't eat junk food for a while and then you go to a birthday party and you walk out of there 18,000 calories deep because you no, just – No, but no, it's it like – I'm trying to think how to – it's like – no, sometimes when you like play sports, especially golf, and you play too much, and you're like you're kind of in a rut, and you take a couple of weeks off. Yeah, take some time. And away you go from the play, game. And, and and you're just turning the ball over. Jeez. You're just just absolutely just die like dialing up the driver. You're like, wow, my swing feels great. You just need yeah. a couple of weeks off, clear the mind. I've never really felt that way in my golf game, but I'm sure it's a great feeling, Collins. I know it's. It I've is. Heard people, I've feeling. heard people speak of that. What's up, Trent? I was told by an anonymous source who shall go unnamed that uh, your Tebow promise is worse than Tebow trying to hit a curveball. Hang on, back up, back up, back, back up. What I you broke up? What did you just say? I just Colin, said I, w- I was I was told I by an, an anonymous source who shall go yep. nameless that yep. your Tebow promise was worse than Tebow trying to hit a curveball. Well, who said? First of all, who said that? Shall was remain that, anonymous. Is that you saying this? <laughs> oh no! <laughs> well, clearly, it, clearly, it's Brock. But I mean, <laughs> no, I under, I look, I'm not happy about it. I'm not. But I, I'm also like at the point in my career. Here, how about this? I'll parlay this into the NBA trade deadline, where guys just get traded from teams because they don't get the ball enough, and they just bitch and moan, and they get traded to a different team, and they do the same thing with that team. Like that's how the NBA works these days. So I'll do one of these games. I'm not taking all the blame for this one. We're it's a three man show. Everyone's got to pull their weight. Every we it's not like you guys were doing the podcast without me. That'd be one thing if you guys <laughs> are like Rabs, Rabs, we need you in here. And I'm like, no, guys, I'm busy. It's we're we're I'm gonna hold everyone in the locker room accountable. That is very sometimes, true. Sometimes you gotta have a players only meeting. You close the door, no media, no coaching staff, and this is what this is. But it's in front of our audience because we like to be transparent with the listeners. So we'll be better. Well, at least we're here. It's not like everyone can expect the Motown rundown every now and then. It's like, okay, like they might like, oh, they haven't posted an episode in a week. Like they'll be back at some point and then they're going to have the same conversation that we're having right now. Everyone can expect that. They'll listen yeah, to the Listen, show. every we now and then we back. just, every now and then it's just a 2014 Austin Jackson slump. That's what we're in. Yeah. It's right? like we when your dog, like, when you have a puppy and the puppy has to learn like, oh, these people are going to leave the house, but they're always going to come back. Like that's. That's how we have to we, we have to roll here, but we are back. It is uh, Thursday, February tenth, as I mentioned. Um, pretty late night for us, but we're here. Um, we have a ton to talk about today. We obviously have the NBA trade deadline was today, as Trent said. Um, we will catch up on wings that are now coming off the All Star break. Um, we do have a little bit of Lions as uh, he was what the tight end coach Ben Johnson was named uh, offensive coordinator by the team this week. Great move. So far, so good on uh, the Lions not losing Aaron Glenn as their defensive coordinator. Um, of course, the Super Bowl is this Sunday, so we will do some Super Bowl picks and 
um, have some fun with that one. Unfortunately for the Stafford nuts out there, we don't have a whole uh, kit and caboodle on him. I mean, I'm sure I'll get I mean, after we it. Don't, once we get the last like, three episodes, we've like yelled at each other about Stafford for 45 right. minutes. So we've exhausted that angle, and then we'll do the trifecta at the end. But before we get going, a couple housekeeping things. Number one, I wanted to ask, are you guys in on this Wordle game? I don't know what it is. I haven't even. I have no interest in it. Mm. I have played a couple rounds. I don't post it. I don't tweet it. I'm not one of those people. Yeah. Okay. So, Collins, I was in the same boat as you because the only I heard of this because you would see these like squares pop up on Twitter, and you're like, "What's the deal? Like, what's what's going on here? What's everyone's angle?" And so then when I think I was the only person in this big group chat I'm in that like didn't play it. And so I was having a conversation with my buddy T-Wills. T-Wills will come up a couple times today. But I was talking to him, and he's like, dude, you got to get on it. And so sure enough, I play one game, hooked immediately. Like, I'm on it. I mean, the good thing about this game is you only have to play it once a day because there's only one word every 24 hours. But the kicker is there is a hockey last name version of Wordle called Gordle. And that one I play too. And that's a tough son of a bitch. I'll tell you, because you got to well, think yeah, of all I mean, these... you've got all the oh, names last names and... with five letters and have to, you know, got the Russian guys and the checks and everyone spells their name differently. So I've been on that. So that's like my, my social media trend that I've, that I've been on. And I, Hey, to my credit, I have not downloaded TikTok. I'm off of that. So I, I keep my head above water, but I will, I will say this. If, if you, if you are posting, your fucking wordle completion on Facebook or Twitter every day. You got to find something else to do. I mean, it's great. Like send it to your buddies. If you're, you guys are competing to see who can get it, but no one's impressed number. Like I don't find anyone that ever posts their wordle thing impressive because to be honest with you, it's really not that hard. If you have half a brain Trent's on it right now, I got the word today, Trent, I'm not going to give you any help, but it's like, who cares? You know? It's one of those things. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? So that I'm on Wordle. I'm, uh, you know, moving up in the world. I'm doing what the kids are doing. Other than that, I thought I had more, but see, these things like pop in my brain in the week. And I usually text, I'll either text the group chat or I'll text Trent of like, hey, remind me to talk about this. And I wasn't doing that this week. So I don't know. That's all I got for random pre-show banter. Anyone else have anything they want to talk about? Not really. I like what's it called? The Olympics? I, 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 Rabs, I actually they, think if you look at my face or if you've ever had a conversation with me, you're just like, does Ryan Collins play a word game? No, no chance. <laughs> Ryan Collins, Ryan Collins, and like it's, I don't, I'm just going to come off the wrong way. But no, don't, times, yeah, I don't, I'll take it in stride. Most times when I see Collins, it looks like he's been struck with the orb of confusion from SpongeBob. It's yeah. like, it's like something's something's bothering. I don't do my Collins. hair anymore. You it's can like you can almost see the wheels turning in Collins's head when you're like talking to him. But it's Collins. You're one of the best guys I know. One of the best guys going. What's it called? What was I gonna say though? Um, oh, I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> since Trent's on the mission to say basketball beat. Yeah, Trent. Shambles I just want to say this to you, Trent. Yesterday, I mean, uh, Tuesday, I almost broke everything in my house. I just, I, we don't even have to discuss it. Yeah. I just well, want, I literally almost threw a baseball bat to the TV. If I could have 30 seconds to console you about that game specifically. Yeah, what went wrong? Hey, no, Trent, also, I just, no, I only thing I'm going to say, people who want to be like, oh, they lost three in a row. They also had Cassius Winston on their team. So don't tell me it's going to be all right. I got to watch AJ Hogarth throw the ball in the 50th row most games, okay? 
Well, yes. So I'm somewhere in the middle. You play there. Fine I, on the Tuesday. I, I, I'm somewhat, uh, not really. I mean, it, I play I, better than Walker. Yeah, but they combined for three points, dude. I, okay, so my, my thing is, <clears throat> my thing with the, with the Wisconsin game specifically is they didn't come out with any energy whatsoever. And the reason that I'm not that concerned about it is because they beat that same team handily two weeks before that. So it's kind of just like, Apples and oranges. Hammered by Rutgers two days before. I know, but it's always it's the old cliche of like it's always hard to beat a good team twice, right? Like the team that lost the first game has the advantage. It's more of a thing in football. But anyways, Michigan State basketball will be fine. We've seen this movie a million times. Or you know, Rabs Rabs grew up a Michigan fan, so he's a little less seasoned in this area. We don't talk about that. That's taboo. Baltimore. But Rabs knows what we're talking about, so that's whatever. Michigan State hoops, they'll be fine. They'll be like a four or five seed, and they'll make the Sweet Sixteen. That's my, that's my updated ranking. I always wear my uh, Michigan State parka to the gym. Not a big deal. Um, and every time I walk in the gym, there's a lot of people that will stop me and be like, they'll try to ask me questions about Michigan State basketball. And my response is just always, they'll get right come March. Like that's, I think that's one of the, yeah, that's like that- a great line to say because people hear that and go, they'll get right come March. Like this guy clearly watches the game. Like but that's like a player. Fair, that's like a player's lingo, like inside basketball. Well, you it's know, just, like it's, people, it's a fair, it's, it's a fair way to wrap things up. Like it, it, yeah, it is cliche. I just think it's, it's, it it's clockwork. Cool. It's clockwork. Every season it happens, but whatever we can, we can move on. I just, it, it, right. I, nothing like makes my blood boil more than watching Michigan state's rotations. Well, that's true. I just, we don't even need to discuss it. It's like literally an evergreen, evergreen like thin for me to say it's been this way since i was six years old so it's whatever <laughs> ryan ryan and kelly collins suffer together suffer in peace I, um we can stay in the same vein of, of basketball dude. Here. michigan can't mess against purdue michigan is tan, tan, like absolutely hammering purdue right now good win for michigan yeah good win um let's no stay, one at this game it's kind let's, of embarrassing let's stay on uh on Sorry. basketball it's okay We'll go into uh, we'll go into the piston stuff now to start the show. Um, so Trent, I guess I mean, you and Collins can drive. I guess the big news today, obviously, twofold. Number one, the Pistons make a move: Trey Lyles and Josh Jackson. But I don't even know there were four teams involved. Yeah, it, where, no one where, cares about the. We don't have to mention the. It's just yeah. Well, where did everyone go? What well, happened? P- Josh Jackson and, and Trey Lyles are both I, – I don't even know where they ended up, actually. <laughs> we don't know. Oh, they were in Sacramento. Now. That's why – so it basically was like straight up between the Pistons. We must uh, – Sacramento must have had to send a pitch somewhere else or something. But yeah. didn't the Pistons also send second-round picks? That made sense. That, that probably got rerouted somewhere else. The bottom line know. is Josh Jackson. Bottom, yep. bottom line, Trey Lyles out. Thank God, Josh Jackson out. I'm gonna miss him and Marvin Bagley in. So, Rabs, do you have any more that you want to tee it up with, or you want me to just go? Well, I mean, that's that's obviously the move, and like I, I'll let you guys. You guys usually do the piston stuff. I do want to jump in here because it, at some point, because. I actually have thoughts on this, but yes. the other thing that was twofold with the trade deadline is Jeremy Grant was not moved. And I also thought what was really funny about that was how um, tonight was Jeremy Grant bobblehead night. So I, I can imagine that <laughs> as, as things were playing out this afternoon, um, those things were, you know, we're going to be on a ship to a, a third world country. If, if Jeremy Grant was traded this afternoon, but he wasn't. So we can talk about those two things. I mean, if you guys want to get into like basketball and, 
how they've played, like, okay, but I think that the trade deadline stuff and the direction of this team is what's important. So you guys feel free to go ahead and I'll jump in at some point. What's it called? They've played, I mean, Cade's been kind of banged up the last couple. I don't think he's, did he play tonight? No. I didn't watch tonight. They, did. they were they were down big like immediately. So I just they gave up 40, 41 points um, in the first quarter. Yeah. I know. I was like, no, thank you. Um <laughs> they're they're like been the same they have been all year, but I think me and Trent talked about this. They need another big like to like throw out there on the floor because it's uh, especially when they go to their second unit. And it's been better since Olenek's come back. But, like, for a while there, it was just struggle bus city. And I'm assuming they're going to play Marvin Badley at least, like, 30 minutes a game. That's like the he's thing. Get, yep. And he kind of – what's it called? It was a weird situation with Sacramento. He never really wanted to go there. His dad, for the last year and a half, has wanted him to be traded. And he kind of got blackballed by that roster. But he also – He's shown flashes in his first couple of years that, hey, I can be this, like, dude. Like, I can be a, a pretty solid player. And then he just shows some flashes where he's unplayable defensively. So, I like Marvin Badley. I like the swing. I don't understand the reaction from a lot of people. Where it's like, shout out to our boy Tony D. He tweeted out, like, build a statue for Troy Weaver. I'm like, uh, this is not, like, a big move. Like, it's, he's, it, it's almost... It's like a step up from the Thon Maker trade we made a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, well like we're trying to we're we're buying low and seeing if it works out. And Badley is a guy who is highly regarded before the draft. I mean, they took him over Luca, so that tells you how highly regarded the Kings and Trey Young. And Trey well, Young. I mean, the Sacramento Kings like take mushrooms before they make big team decisions i think so yeah i it's not like their decision making shouldn't be like credited but um i don't know i like the move i i, I don't think there's any angles i don't like the move yes um josh adson and trey lyles i thought josh adson at the beginning of the year i said this a lot could be a guy who could be a rotational player for this team he's really struggled this year i still liked him he played pretty hard he was a decent defensive player um Trey Lyles, whatever, he was a stopgap. So you might as well take a swing on Badley. But the people are like, if he plays really good, the one thing about it is we're going to have to pay him. Because yeah, he's a restricted well, free agent this year. So I'm not I'm not saying like they're going to have to pay him a ton. So the upside is only a little bit. He's still an asset because he's a restricted free agent. But still, I just wanted to mention that. I like the move. I have nothing – I think you're crazy if you're acting like this was like, oh, what is Weaver doing? Oh, how do you like this is a smart move. This is what smart organizations do. They take shots at uh, uh, like this is something the Miami Heat would do or something. You know what I mean? They just figure out a guy or something who has been not fulfilled in his role and give him an opportunity. And the Pistons have plenty of opportunities at the center position. Yeah, so Collins, you said something that I ultimately agree with, and it's you don't see how anyone could dislike the move. And that's kind of how I see it. That's how I want to attack this thing is like it's a can't-lose situation. You get rid of Trey Lyles, who was basically just stealing. You guys know how I felt about Trey Lyles. He was stealing minutes from Stewart, and you basically give all those minutes that, that Trey Lyles was eating up, and you distribute them between Stewart 
and Marvin Bagley. And at least Marvin Bagley, those minutes will be going to a 22-year-old who potentially could line up with your guys, Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, uh, Isaiah Stewart for the future. And you never know. Like you said, Counts, you swing for the fences. He's a, he's a restricted free agent. This isn't like a go big or go home move. It's simply just, hey, let's bring him in. Let's see how he, how he is. To bring some numbers to the table, I mean, the guy for his career, he's 14 points a game. So uh, he, like you said, Collins, he's doing that in, you know, only 25 minutes. And the Pistons are probably going to play him at least 30. Rabs, I think you have more the angle of he's been blackballed in, in, in Sacramento. And there's also the old cliche of where, you know, Sacramento is where NBA players go to die. So I'll let you drive with that one. But I just want to talk about it from, an, from a basketball standpoint is what I now think, what you now have. And we'll get to the Jeremy Grant thing after this. And I'm actually glad that Jeremy Grant is still in Detroit. What you now have rolling into next season, and of course the second half of this season, is Cade Cunningham, Sadiq Bay at the two, which is, will be a very interesting thing to watch, Jeremy Grant at the three, Bagley at the four, Stewart at the five. And, and to, to complete the X's and O's argument, it's like, what is the biggest knock on Stewart? It's that he can't score. And he's simply a rim runner. He's a Dennis Rodman, Ben Wallace type guy. That's why Detroit fans love him. But he can't score, although he did knock down two very good mid-range, mid-range jumpers today. I will give him that. Um, but you add Bagley, who is known for his scoring ability as kind of a versatile 6'11 uh, forward who, who plays a little smaller than he even is. So you pair him with Stewart. I think those two go really nicely, opposites attract. The one red flag with Bagley, before I turn it over to Ravs, is his career high for games played is 62. So he's got a little bit of an injury problem. Um, and, 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 you know, it, he doesn't start a whole lot of games. But I do want to say this. He was all rookie first team in 2019. I don't. I can't say he's gotten worse since then. So we're essentially just looking to take him to the next step. And when you basically line him up now with these guys, and, you know, I already mentioned him, Cade, Sadiq, Killian, and Isaiah, is you, you basically you put them right in there. You got Diallo coming off the bench. All these guys are young. That's the excitement piece. My last thought is that if Kelly Olynyk takes too many of his minutes, then Kelly Olynyk will become my new Trey Lyles. This season is lost, man. This season in particular is lost. The goal should be to develop the young players. They should be getting the majority of the minutes. That is all I got. I, I love the move. I am excited to watch Marvin Bagley. I don't think he'll play tomorrow. It'll probably be Monday. Uh, when the Pistons take on the Wizards, I think. I think they got the Hornets tomorrow, today as people listen, and that's all. I, I, I'm excited to see Marvin Bagley, bottom line. Yeah, I, I made some some comments. Goes, I'm backing on the Pistons for Marvin Bagley. <laughs> okay, well, here's my, here's my rationale. There's rationale. So when this trade happened, I think you guys both summed it up pretty perfectly from a basketball standpoint. Like, to me... Trey Lyles is one of those guys like he was getting too many minutes as you as Trent you just would say all the time and I never saw Trey Lyles in the same vein as Josh Jackson where it's like here's a young guy you're going to take a chance on maybe more minutes change of scenery he'll be able to pan out and be a piece Trey Lyles was clearly never a piece for this team so no harm no foul there I I really can't follow the draft picks as far as if Pistons lost draft picks and if they did which ones they were they weren't first rounders so i truly don't care because well, I think nba draft NBA picks just get, nba draft picks get thrown yeah around it's a, it's yeah. comical like the lakers are trying to trade like trade away they're like 2029 20, draft pick like it's yeah that's that, silly 
that kid's in fifth oh, grade right now. Right. So, I mean, that's neither here nor there. The Josh Jackson thing, I know it's been talked about this year too, uh, uh, just as, from the standpoint of it was a really good signing last year. It's the perfect example of it's a young guy who maybe with some more minutes in an elevated role can be something for you. I think he really turned some heads last year and, and almost overachieved to a certain extent. Well, and and re- just Rabs, real quick, to give Collins yep. credit, Collins was on this last year where he said that Josh Jackson is kind of one of those guys who might be a benefactor of having no fans and just basically playing pickup basketball in empty gyms. Like, because this year he found himself playing like six minutes in games, whereas last year he was like your sixth man. But yes, continue. Yeah. So, like, on, and from that standpoint, I don't think he has gotten any better or even really played at the level that he was last year. And maybe that is a circumstance of minutes. So I just, I see it as no harm, no foul. And you bring Marvin Bagley in and from the, on a surface level, this is another example of a guy who was very, very discontent in Sacramento. I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I watched a lot of Sacramento Kings basketball, but he, he was very vocal and his father, which is another thing that I just cannot for the life of me, understand how we now live in a world where these kids and these people's dads get any type of attention on, on from these like ESPNs. And I don't get it, but they were very, very discontent in, in Sacramento to the point where I think he was like refusing to go in and play in games. I do not understand what the Sacramento Kings are doing. I don't care, but the bottom line is Marvin Bagley comes over here as a 22 year old who was the second overall pick in a draft. As we say, you know, he was taken ahead of Luca and the Trey Youngs and, and whatnot. Um, but with that being said, he is still 22. And I think from a, from a skill standpoint and a talent standpoint, I still think that his ceiling is very high as a guy that came into the league and was averaging 22 to 25 minutes a game and averaging 15 points and seven rebounds. And in the first, his first three years in the league, that was pretty consistent. Now, the guy hasn't been able to stay healthy, or I don't know what's been going on in his career, but you, you really haven't seen him play close to 82 games. So I, from that standpoint, I can't, I can't tell you I'm well-versed in that. But what I will say is for a guy that for his first three years in the league was putting, was putting up 15 and 7 in, in 20 to 25-ish minutes a night, I'll take that guy. Like, and it's so it's – so, low risk, high reward, as have a lot of the Pistons signings as of late been, because if he plays really, really well, and you can see him being a piece that can be a part of this team, then great. He's a restricted free agent. You can re-sign him and bring him back and and fantastic. If not, then you you let the guy walk and you're probably going to let Trey Lyles and or Josh Jackson walk as it is after the season. So I just see this as a complete win for, the Pistons, because I actually think, like I said, Marvin Bagley, young kid, changes scenery. He's only 22, you know, like, right. And, let, and let Rab, the boys to, play. That point, to that point, your point guard, your franchise player right now, Kate is 19. Your, your, your second best player, Sadiq Bay is 22. Uh, you know, Killian is a project. He's coming off the bench now, but he's like, 20. dude. okay. Actually, what's it called? I'm glad you brought that up. Killian sucks. Well, he's just a project, Collins. He's not. He doesn't. You know, he's actually Collins. He's actually been really good coming off the bench. Like he, he seems to. He was so bad last night. Well, okay, yes, but and 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 in the sample size since he went to the bench, he's actually no. He's been better. I'm just yeah. I, I, I just, I think I said it. So I always cut off Trent. I feel bad. Trent is the nicest person in the world. I, I, I I don't care. I don't care. But it's not good for the podcast. Um. 
I'm just gonna quickly say this. I'm out on Killian Hayes. I think I said it last podcast. I just want it on the record. I'm out. That's fine. That's fine. Because you know what, Collins, I'm halfway there too. But he's definitely better off coming off the bench. And I was, I had this. This is way off the rails. But I had this thought tonight watching the Pistons as they were getting shellacked by the Memphis Grizzlies on Michigan State night at LCA. The whole like Killian Hayes might just be your backup point guard for the future. Maybe. So well, yeah, he's obviously, not even good at that. Well, he has been lately. I don't know if Cade's healthy and Cade's starting in, in five years and, and Killian's coming off the – like, obviously, that's – you missed on that pick, it's safe to say, but, like, he can still be – by the way, okay. That's fine. Like, Try, if you're – no, I I like that. I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm just saying, like, obviously, you yeah. overvalued him, but he can maybe be valuable because he's only 19. He's still developing. Whatever. I cut off Rabs before Collins even cut me off, so we can – Well, the no, thing about it, we could have just had Halliburton. Which sucks. Yeah, yeah, but the Kings traded Halliburton too. What it like the Kings are so well, yeah. Halliburton's sick. I'm I'm just I yeah. I'm just saying it sucks that we missed on that pick, probably. I think, yeah, all- I think I think my my ultimate what I come down to though, Collins, is like if that's the price you pay to then get Sadiq Bay and Isaiah Stewart in that draft, and then the next year get Cade, you're bound to miss on one of those four picks. And if Killian's the miss, I'm fine with it because you got Cade. So that that that's it, that's my mental gymnastics way of being all right with that, but whatever, whatever. I, I completely agree with you, Collins. It sucks that the Pistons missed at seventh overall because you'd like to have like a, a bigger piece, but whatever. Rabs, you can continue. No, I just – my final thoughts before we talk about Jeremy Grant sticking around, I just think that Marvin Bagley, I, I, I like from this – again, he's he's, come, he's probably the, he's the biggest guy on your team by far at this point besides Olenek. Like he can grab boards for you and – um, you know, I, I think you now have like a true guy that you can play at the five and, you know, I, I like, Oh, Cade's got a guy I can throw lobs to. I don't know if I'm looking at it from like that standpoint, but it is nice to have a, to have a pretty, you know, somewhat, I would say he's a pretty damn athletic guy to have in the post. Like he, well, he is, I just, I, I think again, like I said, it's a change of scenery and he was dejected and it's just another whole conversation about, for whatever reason, the, the NBA is such a league of divas of I don't I'm not happy here, so I'm gonna make it known to the public and ruin the locker room from the inside out, and then you better trade me or else my dad's gonna get involved. Like that's how the league goes now, but whatever, we'll give well, it a shot. I, I have one more okay. thought. <laughs> you're you're literally just basing that off LeVar Ball, but that I I, I no dude, how about Bagley's dad's Bagley's yeah, dad was all over it too. Yeah, the but, same uh, thing. Who else, Rams? That's it. That's your guy, though. <laughs> um, Amani Bates' dad. Um, <laughs> yeah, dude. But no, Amani Bates cool. definitely got. I'm excited. Hey, I think I'm. I I I had a really great discussion in a group chat today where we were talking about like the Harden trade and Harden and Simmons trade, and it just got me to like. I was like, you know what? I don't really watch the NBA at all anymore. And I think I want to get back into it. Like now that things are kind of evening out and like the East is going to be a bit deeper. Like that's, that's kind of cool. Like I would like to maybe watch some more basketball now. And I think, you know, I'm excited to watch Marvin Bagley play in a Pistons uniform. He was a number two overall pick. I will say this for the Pistons. And I know we're going through a rebuild. Like the Cavs emerging right now is not the Cavs and Bucks probably being the two most promising teams in the East is not necessarily great for the Pistons since they're in our division. But other than that, the East is kind of going to suck in about like two to three years. And it's not great right now. So if you're a Pistons fan, you're like, I I know it would be like perfect for us to like be good now because the East is really, really wide open. Like the Cavs can make the finals this year. As like, 
Uh, no. Yeah, no. I, I hear you, but no. Like, uh, Trent, who's the, the, the favorite in the East? The Bucks. Yeah, I agree, 45 I, I, last night, and they blew the Bucks the are still up. beatable. The Bucks are they're not well, like every some, team's beatable. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, but there's years where it's like LeBron's going in the finals. I know, but just don't give me the Cavs because like the thing with the Cavs is I literally think the Cavs are going to be an upset alert in the first round. I don't think the way they play is sustainable whatsoever. But that's just I, I am I am salty. I hate the Cavs, but whatever. I, I, Collins, I get your point. The point is, it would be nice if the Pistons were good right now. They're not. But the point is, you should be licking your chops if you're a Pistons fan because the future seems wide open. I'm with you. I agree. You want to? Do we, should we do the Jeremy Grant thing? I do it. I, yeah. So they're mo- they're going to trade him in the summer. That's yeah. Which dude, sucks not, because not they they're not going to get the value they needed, but. I don't think I, the thing is, dude. I don't think the I don't think there were off there were great offers for him because obviously Troy Weaver would have taken one. Like, dude, sorry, I'm not interested in your 2020. Yeah, but he's like pick he, and Taylor like been Tucker. hurt. I think because he's been hurt, and it just seems like one of those. I think there's a certain layer to that trend of it was almost such an obvious thing that the Pistons like we have to, and I shouldn't say have to. But I think if you're a Pistons fan and you're a fan of the league and you're like looking at the pick, like, okay, what's what's the one thing kind of out of place here? Like this veteran who's like somewhat has, you know, he's he's had a, like a, a good year and a half or so with the Pistons. He's gonna have one year. Like it made so much sense to trade Jeremy Grant. I think other teams were like, well, we know you want to get rid of this guy. Like, why should we offer you top dollar? Like we like we know that you're actively. And, and again, he's he'd been hurt. Like, and I don't and like that. So I don't. I don't see that as a thing, and I completely agree of of clearly, clearly, clearly the value was not there, and it seemed like maybe the Pistons were asking too much, and then it got to the – like, I don't – I didn't need to see Jeremy Grant move for two second-round picks. Like, there, yes. there was no reason at all for a guy that's really, really integral to your team who is yeah, not but- good to make that move right now. But I do agree if Collins – I, he's getting moved in the summer. I I just think like it's a, I think it's a hundred percent. That's yeah. I, like he let him I, let him play the rest of the year. Keep keep these guys keep these guys together, and you know hopefully he plays out a good a good rest of his season. But you know when free agency pops up and certain teams don't get the guys they wanted, and you know the draft we see how the chips lie in the draft. Like I think I think people are going to be calling about Jeremy Grant to add him as a piece. Um, but I, but I, I have no problem with the fact that he's still on this team because the one thing the Pistons are really lacking is like a savvy veteran who's like, not like he's not there. Like I'm not, I'm not here to get mine. I'm like here to mentor the younger kids and, and like keep the glue together. Like that's where Jeremy Grant in like a handful of years would be awesome to have on this team where you're not, you don't have to play him. You know, starting great. J- Jeremy Grant's been good for the Pistons, but okay. I don't I, wanna I make... think he's fine. He's fine. like whatever. I, I'm not upset about it. It sucks that they couldn't get a better offer. I want to make an absolutely blasphemous comparison before we move on from Pistons. Well, Michael Jordan? No. When the bad boys acquired Adrian Dantley, okay? Oh, my God. He was like – Joe Dumar said it. That was our guy who completed us. He went and go – he went and – he's just our guy to dump it down to, go get a basket when we need that, Okay. That's what Grant is for this team. Are this is this team the bad boys? Absolutely not. Was Adrian Dantley on the team when they won a championship? No, he wasn't. So Grant has his place here. Like he's the stabilizer of the team. Like you said, Rabs, he's a savvy veteran who scores twenty points a game. 
you you throw him in a roster with a bunch of rookies and young guys, and it's not like Jeremy Grant's 34. He's 27. So I I agree with you. I have no problem. And honestly, Collins, I want to I want to throw this at you before we get done because you and I were in agreement two years ago when they signed him is because it, it seemed like an oversized contract. But the idea was the Pistons have all this cap space, and by the time it, it was only a three year deal. Like by the time that that contract's up, you're either going to have a decision to make like he'll be worth less money and you can bring him back for less or like you say you can trade him so i'm not necessarily sold he's 100 percent gone i just think like it'll it, it will definitely hinge on how well he finishes the season because there there might be teams going into next year that want to see him put on that display again and then it will be up to him to play in his contract year and you know try to average 20 again and like be a fringe all-star again and do that whole thing then the pistons can maybe get max value but rabs there's definitely something to be said for what you brought up, which is like, it seemed like the Pistons wanted to trade them. So why would teams pay, you know, get, give all, give all, all these assets up to get rid of Jeremy Grant. I don't know. That's, that's my point. I'm, I'm, I'm not upset to see him still here. Like tonight watching the Pistons, this offense is just atrocious. Granted Cade didn't play and, and Marvin Bagley's <laughs> Marvin Bagley is on the way. Reinforcements are coming, but Jeremy Grant is the best offensive player on the team right now. So I am not, upset to see him still here that's the bottom line i i'm fine with them moving them in the summer because i i always thought the market for him like he's really talked about as like this guy who could the problem was the team that wanted him was portland and portland decided to clean house yeah and they still were interested in him for some reason and you're like okay i'll take anthony simons like, what's it called? I you not like Simon's Trent? You're shaking your head. No, no, I do. I, I'm shaking my head that that like that didn't happen. I agree. No, I but it it is what it is. Um, I still think you probably get someone like that in the summer for Grant. Um, because it seems like you weren't getting any picks, and you weren't getting any young asset unless it was like an Anthony Simon. He's a really nice young player, but he's not like an asset asset. Like he's a really. He, He's a guy who could play in your rotation on a playoff team, but well, that would be like having when they went and got Dennis Smith Jr. last year. It'd be like it'd have the same feel, similar feel. No, like, no, Anthony Simon's like good. Well, yeah, but so was Dennis Smith Jr. when he plays, but he just yeah. couldn't. No, I, I'm just I, saying I it's, in the, it's in the same like it's in the same sentence. I agree yeah. that Anthony Simon's. My, I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I just try to make it. Yeah, make it, yeah. But I, I mean, I think. It sucks because I think they definitely are going to lose value and they're not going to get what you kind of thought they were going to get at this deadline. But if you're Troy Weaver, you don't – I'm not like the whole thing to say if you don't get a good deal, just like give them away for nothing. I get that. I just – I'm curious now if they just wait till next deadline. Because I think I, – I generally do think that they're going to get it done in the summer because that's what it seemed like with uh, Shams's tweet where it was like they're – happy to work with each other moving forward and to look towards the summer and make a decision on his future then or something. So I don't know. I mean, I thought he had to go. I said a couple of weeks ago, but there were, I mean, other than the Simmons and Harden move, there wasn't really any moves that really knocked my socks off. I wish we could have went after Sabonis, but I don't think Weaver wants to push his chips in that early. Hey, by the way, going along with the Harden trade, dude, a shout out Andre Drummond for now being on his fifth team in three years. That's tough. I feel bad. Yeah, remember that guy? 
I feel yeah. bad for Dre. My least favorite Detroit athlete of all time. I loved him, dude. I loved him when he was here. Loved I, that playoff series against the Bucks. I've never been more upset about an athlete in my well, entire yeah. Life. I mean, Collins, you and I were doing green and white at the time, and you would come on, you'd be like, Andre Drummond is a trash can. <laughs> you just throw him under the No, because he got bought out, and you brought it up. I was like, don't mention that name on this program. <laughs> I literally won't talk about yeah. him. Hey. Bottom line, go Pistons. Marvin Bagley maybe in action against the Hornets, but probably not. Probably. Monday By the way, Trent, who did? Who did the? What's it called? Who did the Wizards get for Porzingis? Um, Dinwiddie. I th- That's a well, weird trade. Wasn't it Dinwiddie? Wasn't it Dinwiddie and Porzingis? I, I think I, it I, was. What well, a weird trade. I'm thinking of the other side of the trade. I know Dobby's bird trans got traded. Is that what was Bertans and Dinwiddie? That made sense. That's yeah. a weird trade. Look at me. I know. I, I I pay attention. Did you guys see uh Chuck and uh on no. uh, TNT tonight when they were announcing the all-star teams? No, I no. missed that. Well, usually I'm tuned in because I love LeBron. You didn't see I, that? No, I didn't watch it. What happened? So Katie Harden what Harden went last, and it was like very apparent KD wasn't gonna take him. Know how the like the two yeah. main guys pick it up? Yeah. And at the very end, LeBron was kind of like adding him on too. Like LeBron was in on the joke. LeBron goes, Is Harden even playing? Like uh he didn't play the last couple of games. And then Chuck goes, Nah, he got traded. LeBron, he just needs some icy on. He's playing tomorrow. And Katie's just laughing his ass off. Like, go you guys should watch the clip. I didn't explain okay, it. Very I, well. I will. I will. It's By the cool. way. By the way, Brooklyn absolutely fleeced Philly in that trade. We don't have to get into that, but it, no, they did. I, that was a yeah. great move for Brooklyn. I mean, moving forward, that might be the move that dooms Daryl Morey. Well, I think Philly, Philly is gonna has a good opportunity to win the East next two years. But Simmons and KD is a really good combo. I don't know though because Harden like. I know the injuries have been fake lately because he's just trying to sit out. But like even before that, like he was hurt last playoffs. He's given up on the last two teams he's been with. To Rabs's point, I don't know. I don't. I don't love it for either team, honestly. But the the well, I think the Nets got more of a haul. I Embiid is playing so good right now. They have to do something because his window is not that long. Because he's definitely an injury prone guy, and he's a huge guy. So when it goes, it goes. So I get yeah. the move by the Sixers. Yeah. Well, so do I. All right, we can we can be we can be done with the NBA. Go Pistons. That's all. Marvin Bagley, welcome. All right, cool. We can uh, move on from that. Trent, as you said, uh, lost the Grizzlies tonight, but they will play the uh, – who are they playing? Charlotte tomorrow at home. Um, so good stuff. Uh, let's do uh, some wings here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess the good thing with the wings and the timing of, of our show and whatnot is the uh, NHL All-Star break just happened in Vegas. Um, so we didn't miss too much. Um, I can try to go back a bit, and I'm trying to think of, like, where the last time we left off about – talking about the wings, um, but I'll, I'll backtrack a bit. And I think the bigger conversation is um, I do want to get to that question that I missed last week from my buddy, Nick, that, that wrote us a question on Twitter. So we'll get to that. And I think that's a really good launching pad into like what I think the topic of conversation should be today. Um, so I guess going back a bit, like before the all-star break, the wings got embarrassed at home by Chicago eight to five. I actually thought like the the best thing that came out of this little stretch before the all-star break was they go into Pittsburgh and get a game in a shootout. Now Pittsburgh 
Um, they just get up getting Malcolm back into the lineup and Pittsburgh is, is I would probably say they're safe to say they're a top 10 team in the league right now. Um, obviously anytime you have to play against Crosby and Malkin and, uh, and Chris Letang, like it's, it's, it's a tough test and you go into their barn and you beat them in a shootout, which was awesome because we know how bad the wings have been on the road. So that was awesome to get. And then we might've, we might've had the conversation too. I can't remember, but um, you know, I, I knew when they were going to come home that next night and play Toronto, uh, it was going to be tough. And, you know, to the wings credit, they were playing really, really well in that game. And it was an absolute epic collapse in the third, second to third period. I can't really remember when the scoring happened, but I know at least in the third period, um, I think Toronto might've scored like four unanswered, like four or five unanswered or outscored them four, one, five, one in the last two periods. Um, so that was pretty brutal because you're, you're, you're competing with a team. That's one of the best teams in the NHL right now in Toronto. And that's been the story with Toronto for the past handful of years was like, it's one of the best teams on paper and they sure as hell play like it in the regular season, but the questions with Toronto always come in the postseason. So um, I thought it was at least nice. They stuck in there for a bit, but I was dejected leaving the arena after that game because it was an epic collapse. And they have two more games before they head into the all-star break. They beat the ducks at home in overtime, which was great for me because as I think I've brought up on this podcast, I'm so bitter about the whole Trevor Zegras situation because he gets so much love from the media because he's cool and he's flashy and he's got nice hair. And that's why like cider and Raymond are kind of, if, if I think if the Calder voting was today, unfortunately, they would like give it to Zegers, even though he has, like I said last week, he's, or last time we talked, he's got less points, less goals, less assists than your two Red Wings rookies. So it is what it is. I digress. Uh, you go to, you have LA at home uh, right before the All-Star break. And for whatever reason, the LA Kings just give the Red Wings fits. Like, I don't, I, I don't get it. I mean, credit to LA. Um, they're, they've been one of those teams that's been rebuilding kind of in the same timeline as the Red Wings. And I would actually say the wings are a bit better off roster wise, but uh, the Kings have been finding ways to win. Um, they got a, I mean, Dustin Brown and, and Drew Doughty are two guys on that team that are kind of seeing the end of their careers coming up here pretty quickly. And they're making a lot of money to not do a whole lot. So um, that's another reason why I would think that the Red Wings are in a much, a much better spot. Um, but they lose that one five to three. Then we'll talk about yesterday's game. Uh, the Wings win six to three in Philadelphia for their first regulation win in Philadelphia since 1997. Rabs, I um, saw that. So that's like, awesome. I mean, I saw, like the flight. Yeah. How is that a thing? I'm sorry. I, I'm not to cut you off. I'm just confused. I don't, that was Trent, even a thing. I, I don't know. I mean, they don't play Philly all that often. Okay. Like, and, and I mean, I think they saw him in a conference final in 97, and that's that's where that stat came. Like that was the last win in 97, but I don't think they play them all that often. And I mean, and I'm sure they've, you know, there's overtime wins and shootout wins sprinkled in there, but it, it was a very, very bizarre stat. And like, I didn't, didn't really read much into it as far as like, Oh my gosh, like the fly, the flyers have had a really, really, really tough year. I think they've had some key injuries and, um, but you do play the Flyers back at home here um, on Saturday. That game's at noon. And the duel in the D is that night uh, between Michigan and Michigan State, which is obviously not important. But um, so Shut I, up. I, yeah, it is. Oh, I mean, I don't think Michigan State has a chance in that game. I love Michigan State hockey. Just wait till Dan but... gets his guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm waiting. It's a year 10. <laughs> <Just wait. laughs> I'm waiting. 
Um, but I, I do want to bring up a question that was asked. Of course, you can always ask us questions if you want some things discussed on the show at Motown underscore rundown on Twitter. Yeah. Thank you for asking Thank this question much. two weeks ago. <laughs> yes, this was uh, this is my buddy Nick who asked this question. He asked this question on January 20th, and then the, the next episode, I completely forgot about it until it was the end of the show. And it was funny because he texted me. He's like, hey, I was about to turn the sh- I was about to turn the podcast off because it was getting towards the end when I heard you like remember that I asked the question. So that was funny. So two weeks later, here we go, Nick. I appreciate the question. So he asked, he goes, uh, where do you see Adam Ernie and Joe Valeno fitting into the lineup for the rest of this season? And next season with Verona coming back and the pickup of of Giovanni Smith's brother on waivers or off of waivers. Is it time to cut ties with Valeno and get something for him with the current roster and prospects? If he's never going to be a top six forward, this is a great question. And this is like, I I think why Red Wings hockey for me is so fun right now, because I spend so much time on this cap friendly website, just looking at like, okay, who do they have locked up for the next couple of years? What's the pipeline look like? So Here's your situation right now. And for the Red Wings, like I think there's a lot of good out of the guys that are coming off the books next year from the standpoint of like, I think that it's, you know, they're probably understanding it's time to move on from Danny to Kaiser. It's time to move on from Mark Stahl. That was probably the plan all along. I don't think Thomas Grice will be back. And then looking up front, which is where Nick's question comes from, they, they only have three guys that they have to sign um, come this offseason. And that's, Vlad Nemestikov, Philip Zadina will be a restricted free agent, and Sam Gagne. Now, I am a big Sam Gagne fan. I know he doesn't light up the score sheet, but he plays a perfect role in that bottom six, centering that fourth line. He's a great penalty killer. He is a pro's pro, and I think like from a locker room standpoint, that's a guy that you want to have around. So, would I be upset if they bring Sam Gagne back? No, I wouldn't. But this leads into the next question of like, now we're getting into a situation where we have Jamel Smith, who you just pick up. Philip Zadina is, is they're trying to find his way with, with him. And I'll, I'll get into more of that in a second. Joe Valeno, who recently, like right before the, the all-star break actually got sent down um, because we're just getting to a standpoint where there's like too many cooks in the kitchen. And not to mention, and I guess I shouldn't have spoke about, you know, guys they need to get signed. Mitchell Stevens really hasn't played all, all that much this year because he's been hurt forever. He's a restricted free agent after this season. You also got to look at Troy Stetcher. Carter Rowney won't be back. Um, but I, I would, I'll, I'll stick on the forwards as my mind's just fucking going everywhere right now um, from the case of the forwards. So, the problem you're going to run into here is is more so in your middle six to bottom six because I would I would tell you that your your top six right now, unless the Red Wings somehow find the urge to go out in free agency and go and I couldn't even tell you what the free agent pool looks like for this year, but you have Dylan Larkin on that first line, you have Lucas Raymond and Tyler Bertuzzi. That, in my opinion, is your top line. They have shown you this year they can compete with any top line in the NHL from a defensive standpoint, and they're putting up numbers. You go to line two, Pew Suter, Robbie Fabry, Jacob Vrana when he comes back. And I don't know what the plan is with the top six there. Um, if they want to try Ron on the first line, I have no idea. But to me, that's not changing. Like the problem we get into now is what are you doing with the bottom six? Because 
I don't think you've seen J Jamel and Giovanni Smith play together on the same night yet this year. And granted, Jamel Smith is, is new to the team, so he hasn't had many opportunities. He looked really, really good. And I think maybe the one game that he's played with the team so far, like he gets up and down the ice really well. He's a tough physical center. I didn't realize he even played center, but um, he can. And 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 I, I like the way that he plays the game as far as he play, like he's like his brother. Like he plays with that energy. And I don't think he's as like gritty and grimy as Giovanni is, but um, he still has that edge to his game. So you, you, you kind of have to see where all the pieces fit. And now on the case of, of Joe Valeno, Joe Valeno's 22 years old. Um, he still has two years left, or I'm sorry, one year left after this year on his entry-level contract. That's not a guy that I see the Red Wings throwing the towel in on anytime soon. What they're going to have to figure out is, is this guy going to be a center for us or is he going to play the wing? And they've tried to play him a bit on the wing. Um, they, they, the Wings have been really committed to Michael Rasmussen playing center on that third line. Yeah. Um, you don't like him? No, no, I don't. don't. Like I've said it all year. I know you don't like him. So, and I, I believe that Rasmussen has had some time on the wing, but it seems like they're very committed to him playing in that third line center role. Michael Rasmussen to me has, is, is we've said several times, he's improved this skating a ton. He's really not a great skater, but you know, in, in all honesty, like I, I think that his, his time here might be coming to an end. Like that's, that's what I look at Michael Rasmussen as. And I say that as a guy that's got 15 points in 46 games and he's a minus 18. I think if, if they are going to have to come down to Joe Valeno or Michael Rasmussen to play center on that third line, I would think that they would have to give the nod to Joe Valeno. Joe Valeno, in my opinion, who has got seven points in 32 games this year, granted he's a minus seven, I think that his offensive upside is much, much higher than Michael Rasmussen. I think that he plays the game with better pace. I think he's more defensively responsible on both sides of the puck. Now, I think Michael Rasmussen is very advantageous to have on the penalty kill because of how long and big he is. Um, but you can only, like I said, it's, it's a matter of too many cooks in the kitchen. And I would really hate to see Joe Valeno get bumped off that center role. I mean, maybe in time that you see that it is, he's better at the wing. But Joe Valeno really hasn't – this was like the first year he was getting a full-time crack in the, in, in the NHL, it seemed like, until, again, he got sent down for a little bit. But he's got 32 games played up with the big club this year, and this is the most NHL action he's seen. So I think it's really unfair to look at Joe Valeno and be like, we need to see more out of this guy because he really hasn't had the opportunity to stick. And when they do play him, they play him on the fourth line. And I've always seen Joe Valeno, despite the fact that, yes, he's got, you know, he's, he's got pretty good size. He's not as big as Michael Rasmussen, but I've always seen Joe Valeno as being like a pretty, uh, you know, he, he's a skill guy to me. Like I don't see him as, as a guy that's going to succeed in a fourth line role. Now, where are you supposed to put him in the top two lines and play him in the top six? I don't have that answer because I don't think that you can. Trent, you have your hand up. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just – I'm wondering from your perspective, like does it annoy you that Valeno doesn't get maybe the leeway that a Zadino or Rasmussen does? Yeah, it does, but I think that it's just – it's all it's all part of the plan from like, okay, we've had Ras and we've had Zadina for longer. So it's like Valeno, the clock isn't necessarily there yet, and they've been really patient with his development. And Joe Valeno is a guy who came in with exceptional status into the OHL – or he went to the QMJHL, excuse me. 
um, and and absolutely lit it up. And I think when he first came into the to play his junior hockey, people were really, 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 really high on him. And as time went on, I think he might have gotten hurt a little bit in in the later years of his junior career, but. Um, his draft stock went down tremendously, but I still, to this day, I think it was a great steal that the, the Red Wings got him. I think he can be a really good player in this league, but I just don't think that they're there yet with Valeno, like you might be getting to with Rasmussen, to the point where it's like, okay, we got to move on. So I hope that answers Nick's question as far as like, I don't think that Valeno is, is the issue here. I think you have to look more at a guy like Michael Rasmussen, because Ras like, like Philip Zadina, we'll get into him in a second for some other reasons, but like Rasmussen's a center by trade. Valeno's a center by trade. That's where things are getting clogged up. Now you move on from Sam Gagne after this season. Now you have a fourth line center role that opens up. So do they let, do they bump Rasmussen down and, and let him play in that fourth line center role next year? I don't know, but you know, then again, you have Jamel Smith, who's here, and Giovanni Smith, who's here. And by the way, Jonathan Bergeron's knocking on the door from Grand Rapids because he's had a hell of a year. And well, he's a center by by trade, too. But I think he might be playing more of the wing these days. Go ahead, Collins. No offense to Giovanni Smith and Jamel Smith. I like them. I like having them in the lineup occasionally. I'm not, I'm not like, reserving their spots over Joe Valeno, who's a guy who I actually think can be a top-sit guy. Correct. And I, and I don't think that the Red Wings are either, but for the time being, when you're, when your top six is like, it seems set almost, I don't know where, like, I, I think that the wings are waiting for Joe Valeno to show them that he can produce on the score sheet. And again, he's got seven points in 32 games and you really haven't seen that offensive upside from him yet. But again, in his defense, he's not playing middle six to top six minutes, which is okay. But like, like Collins, you're you're right. I, I'm not I'm not hanging on to Giovanni Smith and Jamel Smith over Joe Valeno. But Jamel Smith and Giovanni Smith both play that game that really fits into that bottom six, and that's where you see teams like the Edmonton Oilers who have two of the best hockey players in the world. And they have the most talented hockey player of all time on their team. And they can't win games because they're not deep enough, uh, come to the bottom of their forward depth chart. Like, so that's where, you know, those guys are important to have. So, um, Adam Ernie was, was mentioned in that question too. Adam Ernie had a heck of a year last year. I believe he like might've led your team in goals or he was up there for a while. He's got 10 points in 47 games and at a minus 21 rating. Um, I think he has, I don't want to say he's taken a step back, but he really hasn't followed up his, I mean, he, he earned himself that contract extension. And now the problem you're having with Adam Ernie is, you know, he's here for another year at $2.1 million. So unless you can find a way to move him, and I don't necessarily think that that's like Iserman's plan because Adam Ernie was, a was you know, he played for Iserman on the Lightning, and that was one of the guys that got brought in here. And then we can look at Vladislav Nemesnikov, who's having himself a, a, a heck of a year. I mean, I got to pull up his numbers here. He's got 23 points and 48, I'm sorry, Yes, 23 points in 48 games, and he's got an he's got an even plus minus rating. I'll take that any day of the week. Like he's been playing really well. So I could see the Red Wings bringing him back. So Nick, it's a really, really, really tough question. And I feel like I'm just rambling and talking in circles because I don't really have the answers. But my my answer really comes to 
Michael Rasmussen is the guy that you have to look at um, who's got two more years at $1.5 million. And, you know, after that, he'll still be an RFA. So I think the value for him is still pretty high at 22 years old. I just don't know where everyone's head's at in that organization as far as uh, what they see in him. Because to me, you know, you, you drafted him so high and he was supposed to have this, you know, offensive upside to him as this big uh, centerman. And you really haven't seen it. Um, and, but, but I guess the good thing is like, he's still young, you know, he's got 15 points in 46 games. Like it is what it is. So, um, I would think that that's the guy that you move on from. I don't know what the plan is for Jamel Smith after this, uh, after this season. I mean, you know, it's, you still have a, a Grand Rapids Griffins team to worry about. And Jamel Smith has been one of those guys that's been bouncing around the AHL and NHL his whole career. So depending on how the rest of the season looks for a guy like him, um, I could see him being a guy that starts the season in Grand Rapids next year if he's if he's still here. Because again, you also have to worry about Mitchell Stevens, who is a center. And if it were up to me, Mitchell Stevens would be would be your fourth line center next year. He'd be playing between uh, you know Giovanni Smith and and Michael Rasmussen if he's if he's still around. And I would have Joe Valeno center that third line and play between an Ernie and a Mesnikov. And that's where we now get the problem of like now we gotta talk about Philip Zadina. And Philip Sedina against Philadelphia was playing on that. That says a lot. And maybe I think that the leash is are doing everything they can. He's not able to play on a check defensively responsible enough to the point where he looks pretty damn lost when he's out there. Most of the time, he's got a minus 22 rating this year, which is obviously not good at all. It's one of the worst that you have on your team by far. In fact, the only guy that I can see that is worse than him has been Nick Letty, who has been God awful this season, which is okay because the, you know, the trade had to happen. Um, and I, I think at the time it was okay. Um, but now that, you know, I don't think Nick Letty is a guy that you're welcoming back next year, to be honest with you, unless you're doing him one of the Mark stalled or Danny DeKaiser favors. And we're going to shake your hand and bring you back for one more year to, to keep the young guys in check. So, um, but of course, you know, the conversation is about Philip Zadina here. He's got 14 points in 46 games only has five goals. And this is a guy that yeah. was drafted to be a natural goal scorer. And he just, he, he hasn't been. And it, uh, I believe Phillips Zadina is also 22 years old. I'm going to double check that real quick. He is 22 years old. Uh, he's a restricted free agent after this, after this season. So I would, I would have to imagine that Philip Zadina is brought back next year from the standpoint of he's young. He was a high draft pick. But my God, they I think this is like his trial run of how much money are you making, Phil, if you're coming back next year? Because we drafted you to be this and granted, it wasn't a Steve Eiserman draft pick. We drafted you to be a, a be a goal scorer. You're not scoring goals. So we're gonna put you on the first line with Dylan Larkin, who's a point per game player, and Lucas Raymond, who's probably gonna win the Calder this year. And if you can't put the puck in the net playing with those guys then it might be time to move on or, or you're not getting the, the, the dough that you thought you were getting buddy. So um, it's, I, 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 I hate to be the guy that's like, let's throw the towel in, but you just haven't seen it. 
Like, I, and I don't even know if this is a guy that can go elsewhere. And, and maybe if he's playing, you know, we'll see. And, and I think Zadina looked fine. He, he didn't look out of place. Um, he didn't look out of place playing on the first line against Philly. He registered four shots, which is nice to get the puck on net. But he had no points. Like, I think Larkin and I'm pretty sure Raymond scored and Larkin scored. And they had a couple points uh, points each, I, I believe, on that first line. So for him not to be a part of any of that, it, it just kind of makes you scratch your head. So so I'm I'm hoping that he is able to turn a corner. And I you, you read some stuff about what he's been saying recently, and it sounds like he's confident in himself that he, he's turned some sort of corner here and and he thinks he's playing a little bit better. And I don't know, man, it, it, it's just tough. But, but to kind of go back to this whole question thing, and I know the question was asked about the forward group, and I haven't talked about the defenseman. And for the sake of time, I'll probably just leave it at what it is for now. But, yeah, it's, it's Nick, I would tell you that it's, it's, a, it's a problem but it's not a bad problem just from the standpoint of how many people they're starting to get clogged up here. But Joe Valeno should, will, will still be in the plans um, no matter what, in my opinion. It's just going to be a matter of uh, how how willing are the wings to get Jonathan Bergeron up here next year. Uh, they're going to have to deal with Taro Hirose's contract because he's a restricted free agent. Um, and, and, and other than that, I mean, I, I don't really know what you can do this offseason um, besides, you know, pick and choose the guys you're not bringing back. I don't see them bringing back Carter Rowney. I don't know if they'll bring back Riley Barber. I don't think they'll bring back Grice. I don't think they'll bring back Stahl or DeKaiser or Letty um, because they're going to have, hopefully Albert Johansson is going to come up next year, who's been awesome in the SHL. And you're going to have uh, his name escaping me, Simon Edmondson, um, who's been great as well. So um, that's how you're looking on D, but there's a lot, there's a lot left to, to, to watch with this team. And I, I'm excited for the off season. I'm excited for the trade deadline because, you know, re- really, I think if anything, you know, if they can, if, if they're going to make some moves at the deadline here, I will, there's still uh, several weeks until that deadline, but um, th- what the wings do in the next handful of games to, you know, leading up to the deadline, it's really going to tell you, like okay, do they do they feel like they they need to go go out and, and and buy or is it like okay, there's a couple things we need to get rid of here and, and move on from and then we'll try to reload next year because as far as free agency is concerned, I just don't I don't really see where like they have room like I don't they just like don't have room on the roster to bring in a bunch of guys anymore. So um, we'll see. But oh, there's uh, the, I. Who on that back end are you reserving a spot for, Rabs? That when you no look no at free- n- no one. I I I'm just saying from the. Are you saying of- you don't like the guys in the free agent pool? Because I'm saying I think the one thing that the next step for this this team and Iser plan, whatever you want to call it, is to not a maybe not a big ticket free agent, but like an actual guy. Know what I mean? Like an actual like serviceable player that like like on D. I'm, I'm or anywhere. Yeah, for sure on D. I still don't like their decor as well, much as I've. I, I, it's just I don't know. I I think Heronic has he's like fine. He's not who I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I mean to that point, like I said, you're. I, I'm looking at cap for like Heronic. Heronic's back for two more years. You have Osterley for another year. You have Mo Sider. You have Gustav Lindstrom, who are all signed to come back next year. And that's that's four. 
Troy Stetcher is a free agent and he got screwed with the fact that he's been hurt all year long. So, you know, that's, that might be a guy that, that might, well, that you might be, that's a guy that you're probably moving on from. Um, But like I said, I, I really think that Simon Edmondson is like ready to play next year. So there's five defensemen for you. And then Albert Johansson's had a great year in the SHL. I could see him making the jump. Now he'll probably start the year in in Grand Rapids. um, But, you know, I would just like another, uh, and I don't think they have to address it this like um, trade deadline. I just want like a steadier D guy like back there. Just now you got with Cider, you figured out, you're like, okay, this guy's our top line defense. Yeah, he's a number one. I mean, he's legit. He's legitimately like, I. He's nasty. I, He's awesome. That shift, the the penalty kill shift that he had against uh, Philly the other night is like going viral. But just from the standpoint of he's like, he's disgusting. He's, you know, he, he's knocking pucks away. He's carrying the puck off ice and eating time, curling back in, setting the play up, letting guys change. Like it's it was beautiful. But he's he's a legitimate number one defenseman, and no, I think sure. that I think Collins like you're. You're looking for that like other guy to be a staple in your decor. I feel like that's like I think Simon Simon Edmondson yeah, is but he's going young, to be right? that. Good. I want like a vet. Like that's that's something that like I think is important like in hockey more than any other sport. To yes, get a guy, it, it is, it is, and and that's why Collins. I I wouldn't be surprised. Like I I think that I would hope that the Red Wings are watching Mark Stahl and Danny DeKaiser play, and they're like. These guys like just like they really can't keep up any like they're just like to me. It, if the Kaiser's on the team next year, I I mean I just can't imagine it. But I could I could see them bringing back a Letty for like he's not going to make five and a half million dollars anymore. But I don't know if it, if it is Letty or if it is someone else in the free agent. But you're absolutely right. I mean you know the the oldest guy up front for them is Sam Gagne, who's 32. He's an unrestricted free agent. I don't know if you bring him back for the reasons I said earlier of like. You got to get some guys' time in here, but as you said, Collins, the veteran presence is extremely important, and I and Steve Eiserman one hundred percent that's in the forefront of his mind. So, yeah, I mean, there's, I I would have to look at what the free agent pool is because I really don't like I don't I'm not I don't know either. I'm just saying, Raps, if I if one place I'd like to address is like, hey, I like I I just would like a guy who plays with cider who's like you know what that like that guy's pretty solid too i i, I don't know i don't know i and i'm not saying letty's not solid or whatever i just i think that's the nuts move that you go sign like a real like guy not just like a middle of the road free agent or something you sign a real guy in free agency who could be another guy you could throw out there with cider even in your second d pair I know I, I I said this earlier. I believe um, John Klingberg in in Dallas has has like asked for a trade for whatever reason. Um, big Swedish defenseman, um, really nice. I don't know if he would go that out, but he's good. I player. wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate. He's a good player, John Klingberg. Well, he re- he really is. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I the wings are just uh, continue to impress me, and they're so fun to talk about, and we'll keep talking about them more and. There's, you know, I got, there's so many different angles you can take on, on who's going to play and who's not, and who needs to, I just, I don't know. I, my brain's mush and I've been rambling forever, so we can move on. Um, Trent, let's mix in a little bit of Lions here before we lead into the Super Bowl weekend and all that good stuff. Um, obviously uh, the, the offensive coordinator position with the Detroit Lions needed to be filled. It has been. Um, and I guess with the Saints going I think they promoted their defensive coordinator to head coach. I know that uh, 
Aaron Glenn was was mentioned as a name that could potentially go over there. Um, and it looks like I think all the head coaching vacancies are filled now. Correct for the NFL for the NFL. Everyone's best so. guy. Yeah, yeah. So it looks like yeah. it looks like Aaron Glenn's safe. Um, but Ben Johnson, who was your tight ends coach last year, I believe he was like calling plays for a hot second. Trent. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's yeah. true, so- but. Go ahead, because I know Zach, I want, and I, you should mention too. I want Zach Taylor, who the head coach, the head coach of the Bengals, had some very, very high praise to give Ben Johnson as well, which was cool. So, well, the the Ben Johnson thing to me, I love it because it simply just proves that the Lions wanted to go with an inside hire. They didn't want to mess with the chemistry. They clearly like the culture that they have with the coaching staff from last season. And you can joke all you want about the fact that they went what? What was our what? What the fuck was our record? Two? Uh, I won three games. Two games? No. I don't I don't even know. It's all the same. I, I should. Yeah, it's all not great. Picking second overall. But the bottom line is, came on strong at the end. Defense terrible in the first half of the year. Great in the second half of the year. So that is awesome that Aaron Glenn is back. That's number one. But to get back to the Ben Johnson thing, Ben Johnson was the tight ends coach. And I think that he kind of formed a camaraderie and sort of a brotherhood with Dan Campbell in the fact that that was Dan Campbell's position with the Saints before he was hired to the Detroit Lions head coach position, obviously. So I think Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell have always kind of had that connection. And then I heard, or I I read whatever, like throughout the year that all the trick plays, all the trickery that came in the Rams game and the Cardinals game and all the, the wins, the good, the highs, those were, that was Ben Johnson's brainchild. And it wasn't necessarily involving the tight end. It was mostly just, Hey, Dan, try this. You know, it might work that kind of thing. He's young, he's ambitious and I guess that's the bottom line for this culture and this team that, like, the, the the coaching staff that the Lions are trying to put together right now didn't work with Anthony Lynn, but you're bringing in another guy in Ben Johnson. I'm not sure how old he is, but he's a young dude. He's and, young. Yeah, he's ambitious. So my bo- I, I love this hire because it, it all it does is tell you that it just reinforces the idea that the Lions are really trying to build on this young, hungry, new school type of culture. So that's all. I, I and, and again, not to toot my horn, but I was looking at my old Lions uh, offseason to-do list uh, from January 13th, and number five on that list was hire or promote Ben Johnson to the offensive coordinator position. I did not want an outside hire, wanted to go inside. Ben Johnson made the most sense. So congratulations, Ben Johnson, and I'm so glad that Aaron Glenn is back as well. Well, what's it called? I do think – the idea that Ben Johnson getting hired and we didn't really hear a ton about it. Like there wasn't a lot of rumors or anything linked to the Lions OC job, and I know it's different than a head coaching job. I think it just gave credence to the fact that golf really liked Johnson. And I think when Campbell took over play calling duties, I think it was more of a fact that like him and I think he might have there might have been some friction within that offensive coaching staff on what they want to do. And I, I think we were hearing that Ben Johnson was uh, like upholding a lot of that responsibility. So I've heard, I mean, everything I've heard is that everyone thinks this is a young and up and comer. Hey, give him a shot. I hope they throw the ball more than five yards on the field that like they did last year. So, I mean, yeah. Anything other than that. Yep. I, the, the last thing is. They should be good on offense next year if they make a. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to draft a receiver in the draft. Like they, yeah, they're, I mean, they're going to pick a receiver at some point. They might go make a splash. I've heard that Michael Thomas is a name that they I'm, go after. Yeah, they might go sign some. Like they should yeah. it, reasonably. You get Radnow back. Your offensive line should be good. You have Swift. 
I mean, golf showed you he could be serviceable. And if you actually, and I'm on St. Brown the last like five, six games a year looked like uncoverable in the slot. So I don't know. Hopefully they make, uh, have a nice draft and able to figure out like their outside options, but I, I'm not going to like jump up and down about an OC hire unless it's like, Oh, we're bringing in Andy Reid as our OC. Like, know what I mean? Like no one is yeah. confirming that you're going to be awesome. So we'll see. Well, I, I, uh, Collins, I'm a psycho, so I am jumping up and down about it, but I understand what you're saying. I, they I could have hired me at OC and you'd be jumping up and down. <laughs> that's so true. That's true. That is true. All right, Rams. I, that's all I got for Lions. I think that's. I think unless you want to add something. No, I don't. I don't have anything. I don't really have an opinion on it. Um. So cool. Good for Ben Johnson. Um. I guess we can wrap up before we do the trifecta. It is Super Bowl week. Um. And I initially I had this thought in my head of like, how are we going to attack the Stafford thing again today? But especially because of the fact that it's now been two weeks since that uh, since that NFC Championship game. I don't think that there's any reason to like get into it. Collins, I will say this though, because Trent, I do Trent, I will I will let you drive on like how you want to attack the Super Bowl picks and whatnot. I mean, if we're just if we're just straight up picking like the game. Well, yeah, I then, think I think we should just do the picks that we usually do for the Lions, but do it for the but, Super but Bowl. But Collins, I did I did want to say this because I think that you'll appreciate the fact that I've come back down to earth a bit on this. I think the fact that LA Rams Stafford shirts are being sold in Michigan is, is a really, really tough look. Like Dude, it's, it's just, it's, been, all it is is like, a smart business move. It's just, a, they yeah, know what but, they're doing. But, uh, but I don't know how I feel about it. Like, what are we doing? I, I want, <laughs> I want deal. Colin's take. I want Colin's take. All I'm going to say, give me 10 seconds. I went to Meyer twice this week. I went on Monday, tons of Stafford shirts. I went yesterday sold out that is i might go get one actually because i just just for the sake of leaning into my (laughs) fandom but that's the thing i've always said in trent it's the perfect example trent bailey you are a lebron james even though lebron's never played for a detroit team and never will you are a lebron james fan you are not a lakers fan so when you have that lebron poster up you covered up the lakers logo like that's how i would feel about the stafford thing now i have a i have a knockoff chinese uh stafford jersey so that's what I will be wearing on Sunday as I have worn the last three weeks in a row as they've been playing in the playoffs. I don't need a Ram Stafford shirt. But well, what I will do is probably I'm going to go buy a clearance real Matthew Stafford jersey, Lions jersey, I, I think. I, my whole point, guys, was when I said I did not want Stafford to go to the Super Bowl and stuff is for the media coverage, and it's been exactly what I said. That was my whole take. It, it is been awful. It, it is painful. Yes. It has been legit awful. And I don't understand any Lions fan who wanted to have this happen. Like I listened, I think what's it called? Telly Stafford was on KFC radio and Barcelona. I was like, why is she on that? And I was confused. So I was like, I might as well give her a listen. I was like, wow, she's very likable. Like, I, I like, I feel like she get kind of gets a bad rap after I listened to it. But, like, the questions those guys, like, national people asked about Detroit just rips my heart out. It's just, like <laughs> – and, like, it's just the worst. I hate it. I hate well, the, the whole, is, like, Collins, oh, thank God, Matt, you finally got out of there in Detroit. I'm like, oh, my God. Collins, can I say this? Can I say this? Oh, my I, God. I just – it just rips my heart out. I hate it. This is my final thought on the Super Bowl thing before we get to our picks. But I just want to say, Collins – 
It's only going to be worse on Super Bowl Sunday, and I agree with you. If they win, it's going to be awful, dude. No, I I agree with you. I hope you guys know that. You guys are going to regret rooting for them if they win. Because it's going to be a narrative. It's going to be a narrative until they win one. And you know what, Collins? It should be, and it will make it. That's fine. When That's they fine. Do. That's a it fair argument. Have, and, and That's a fair it, argument. My, my la- the last point I wanted to make. Make it less annoying. No, no, you teed me up for it, not in a bad way. I agree. Like it's going to make it sweeter when it happens. That's all I'm saying. Because the Stafford thing is going to come up for the next 10, 15, 20 years, maybe two years. Whatever the Lions win the Super Bowl next, that is going. It, it's definitely going to get brought up. <laughs> All for, like so, I agree with you, Collins. But ultimately, that's not enough to trump my Stafford fandom. But I can understand why it is for some fans. And that was my take last time we talked about this, and I haven't wavered on it. So I, I don't want to elaborate on that too much. But I think we all ultimately agree that this sucks. It is a gut punch, and ultimately, I'm rooting for Stafford. But I can understand why people are not. That is all I'm saying. Again, I don't, I don't know why we think like it doesn't suck for me. I, I doesn't. I'm happy for the guy. I'm, I'm That's very happy. That's not the for point. Him. That is just clear. Collins is saying I'm the not, angle that that knocks Detroit. I'm, I, you act like I'm not happy for Stafford. Good for Stafford. If he wins, I'll be happy for Stafford. It sucks for me. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? It's a completely different like thing. I, I just think I have now. This was like the nail in the coffin of me being like an insufferable Lions fan of like, I might be back into like SOL territory. I could be. This fine, is like, but, but, but Collins, can we not, can Collins, we not do think, this? Can we not do no, this? But, but, no, we don't I have think to. What you, rap, all right. No, no. I think, I think what you're saying is, and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I, I you're upset because it perpetuates like how awful the Lions are, right? Yes. Sucks. Well, I and like I think that it's time for us to embrace that and get mad. Let's get well, angry. I have been. That's that. I agree with that sentiment, Rabs. And I think your sentiment the whole time is just like, well, the Lions did suck and whatever. The one thing that just bugs me is it's like the narrative of like. There's a narrative that like the Lions sucked this whole time in Detroit. Like they had some good teams. There was like some like I, and like the whole. I hate when he like makes a bad play. It's like that's Detroit Stafford. I'm like he was. He's like the same Matthew Stafford he has been the whole yeah, time. He, literally or the like, same exact player. He's in the like same the whole exact idea player. that he had no help in Detroit. Like he had help. Yeah. Like well, hey, I. If I can add one, he didn't have all the help in the world like he does in Los Angeles, which is happening. Good for him. I'm just saying. The narrative has completely just erased what actually happened well, in this time, Collins, Detroit, I, which bugs me. I want to elaborate on that for a quick second, just real quick, because I agree with you. I, I was watching a show the other day on FS1, and Michael Vitt came on, and he started talking about how Matthew Stafford never had um, any defensive help in Detroit. And that that's when I kind of, like, agree with you, where it's like, dude, that 2014 defense was the best in the league. They had Sue. They were pretty they, good for yeah, a couple yeah, like, of years. When he was young, yes. they were good. So, so it's just the bottom line is people didn't watch Detroit. People didn't yeah, watch. Yeah, which is right. fine. They never do in any yeah. in any sport. They don't. Yes. So case closed. I don't know. Go Stafford. Go Rams. Go. Yeah. I, what, what I we, honestly, I like guys, I can't handle. I I need the Bengals to win. <laughs> and if, if the Rams win, I'm not gonna like cry about it. But I'm not like anyone acting like I'm gonna be happy watching our franchise quarterback of the last 13 years hold the Super Bowl trophy, not with our team. If you're going to be, like, uh, good for Stafford. 
Good for Stafford. Yeah. Does that possibly affect me? No. It makes but me feel Collins, sad. It was never going to happen here with him. Then what? Then like, why am I a fan? Then what? Are, what are we doing here, Rabs? <laughs> like, I. I don't know. I don't know what you want me to say. I don't know either. I don't know what I want you to say either. I look my Super Bowl pick. I'm taking the Rams. And look, the the Joe the Joe Burrow thing has been cute. I talk about something that's that's fucking annoying. The Joe Burrow like ball sucking. And I apologize for my like. It is like get the fuck out of here. Rabs, I'm the so on board been, with the you. The guy has I... had a cup of coffee in the league. They're a cool, it's a great, cool, cool little story, but him and like the cigar and the sunglasses. And I just, I don't, you know what? I don't care for this new age of quarterback, Justin Herbert. He plays the game clean. He scores a touchdown. He gives the ball to the ref. I want my Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Dude, you are Tom Brady. Person that is that is the, the group of quarterbacks that I grew up on. They played. They were clean professionals. Joe Burrow, I think he, cool Burrow plays guy. with Brady. What are you talking about? Cool. He's a cool enough guy. But the way that the media and these kids are jumping on this guy, like, oh, Joe Shite, dude, the Bengals are about to get absolutely boat raced in this game. They let they let Joe Burrow get sacked nine times against Tennessee, and now they got to go play against Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, Jalen Ramsey, Eric Weddle. Good night, Jim Kite. I cannot wait to see Matthew Stafford fulfill the prophecy and raise what prophecy, the Travis, What prophecy? The prophecy of him to win a Super Bowl with another team? What is that? How is that your prophecy? You play to win the game. When he was a little kid, all he wanted to do is win the Super Bowl, and he's going to do it with the Rams. It's unfortunate the Lions couldn't help him out and get it done. He's doing it with with the Rams. I'm so I. That's it. I think the I think the Rams are winning this game. I think I agree. Yeah, I, I will. I also the Bengals story. The Bengals story has been cute, but people forget they were a goal line touchdown. Andy yes. Reid not shitting his pants away from sit, being on the golf course right now on a Ruba. Well, Rabs, before they, that, they even Rabs, before that, before that, even the Raiders had a had a had a, had a chance no, to win that game. The, the Titans, Ryan Tannehill threw a pick with like twelve seconds. Like right. The, the Bengals should it's not be cute. here. I agree it's with you. Cute. It's a good run. It reminds me of like when an 11 seed makes the final four and everyone just loves them. And then they get beat by 25 in the, yeah. in the final four. And it's just like, okay, good season. Good run. Don't hang your head. Yes. Rams. I also have the Rams to cover. I got the Rams by 10 plus in this game. Matthew Stafford, <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. Joe Burrow sleeper, dies though, in this sleeper. Game. Sleeper for MVP, Jalen Ramsey. If he holds Jamar Chase to like 50 yards and maybe Dude, has a easy. pick or something. Come on, Trent. Yeah. No. That's not, I mean, but it's a sleeper. It could happen. uh, It's a sleep. All right. Colin's got the Bengals. No, I think the Rams are going to win. If I'm being objective. Rams podcast. I I also think the whole take on Burrow is wild. The reason why people like him is because he was the, one of the best college football players in the last 15 years. That's why. Yeah, but I also I do I do think there's what is that good... look he was? What are you yeah, talking a good year? A really good year. Great team. Listen, there's something to be said about this trophy. This younger generation. I don't know what of... you're Rams, I literally don't understand you. You're such an old man. <laughs> you don't like anything that's new. 
Trent, what talk about the new generation, Trent? Yeah, I, bet, I bet no, I bet Rabs didn't want Gen Barry Bonds. Trent. Rabs probably didn't want Barry Bonds. Oh, definitely not. Rabs is like naughty cheated. No, he should have been in. You can't tell the story oh. of baseball without Barry Bonds. Oh wow. Wow. Without Clemens. Can't tell a story about baseball without Roger Clemens. Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa. Pete Rose. Put him in. I'm also I'm I, Let him weirdly in. I'm a, against Pete Rose because he definitely bet against this team. <laughs> yeah, it's the yeah, top, like that. That's but... like that is that is like that's different. a little on my buddy. That's like the one thing you can't do. That is a little different. But okay, my last, okay. my closing thought is there is something to be said to Rabs's point of like this generation of like you know TikTok and like Joe. Yeah, Shanky it's a and, fucking joke. I, yeah, I, it, it, I hate it too. I also these hate kids it. are ruining my goddamn country. <laughs> I don't like it either. But you're making us sound so old, Rabs. We're twenty like two, twenty three years. Dude, old. if 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 I don't if just because I call Joe Burrow not I I call Joe Burrow by his name and not Joe Burr. I will. I, I will, I will gladly. Sucks. I will gladly wear the old hat if that's what it takes. Because I think it's the dumbest. Sh- it's just the biggest gimmick ever. Whatever. I I agree, I agree with it's that. Bad point, nickname. If they if the Bengals somehow win this game, I will I will come on here and eat. I will actually eat crow live on camera. If they, I will, like I'll be very impressed if Joe Burrow and really I would call. I, I mean, I know it's his second year in the league, but he missed time in his first year with the injury. But if he can take that team and beat the Rams, I mean, the Rams have like veterans everywhere. Like I, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. But um, Trent, do you have a trifecta for us? Yes, I do. I do. Okay, um, let's we, do that. And then I feel cool. like we've been recording for four hours. We we probably have. We'll check the tape on that. The question number one: um, Do you mm. listen to modern rap? Because I hate it. Thoughts? No. <laughs> I do not. I Rabs, really this, is kind of, this is an old man Rabs question, but. Well, I don't we know Rabs isn't listening to this. Well, stuff. no, but listen, Rabs likes Jack Harlow. I do think Jack Harlow's got some swag. I got He's got a couple songs that I like. It gets well, me going. That was the oldest thing I've ever heard anyone say. <laughs> I think what? Jack Harlow has some swag. He's got some swag to him, but I, I, Trent, to be honest with you, I don't, I've never historically listened to a ton of rap. I do like I like listening to Eminem, Kanye, like a little bit of Jay-Z. So I would say when I am listening to rap, uh, to answer your question, uh, do I like some of the stuff, but you know, everyone there's a there's a little everything now. There's a little boat, little pump, little peep, little squirt, um, you know, duh this, duh baby, little like it, so all those guys like pop smoke. I I don't I cannot keep track, but there's a couple like the songs that I'll like, I think there's some like new Drake song, but I wouldn't even call Drake like new age rap. Like Drake's been around. Yeah. For well, a he's, while. he's from our, he's from our generation. Yeah. So I'd say, no, I would say these new guys, Lil Xan, all these guys that pop up, I think they're talentless. And I think oh they're just God. doing, they're Here doing nothing, but nothing, but setting this country back decades with what <laughs> they are producing. Okay. Okay. Collins, you don't even have to elaborate because that's basically the. I do, I don't. I can't. I don't even know what he's at this point. Rabs is like off the deep end. I'm just telling There's, you how I feel. Lil Peep is setting Set the them back decades. <laughs> decades. People are getting. Stupider. They're just making songs about asses and money. Relax. Yeah, people are getting stupider. Uh, uh, that's fair. Listen, I drew the line in like 2018. My senior year of high school was like two chains, Migos, Future. That's where I drew the line. I was like, okay, yeah. these are my guys, and I'm done. Yep. Okay, question number two. Um, the NBA, it's the 75th season, so they're doing all these big uh, yeah. awards and everything. Chuck Daly and Larry Brown are both named as top 15 coaches of all time. Who would you rather have? 
Daily. Yeah, I, I, I think daily's I I think daily. I mean, Larry Brown is a nut job. He, the thing about he's a great coach, but you can't have him for more than like three years, or everyone hates him. Yeah, well, that's true. I mean, like, I guess the, the this is kind of a lob because like Chuck Daly won back to back titles and stopped Michael Jordan, but like Larry Brown is a great coach. Like everywhere he's been, he's been great. So, well, I think I I don't know. It's kind of weird. Like I know Daly's a history all the way up to the Bad Boys, and he did, he does obviously does the Dream Team. Yeah, I think yeah. Daly would probably be an awesome guy to coach an NBA now. Because it seemed like all the players liked them then. Yeah, yeah. Daddy Rich, shout out. But yeah, I don't know. Rabs, do you object yeah. at all? Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly's a great name. All right, shout out to the bad boys. Got to get them in. Question three to round us out. Um, mm-hmm. USFL is coming back this April. No, I don't care, Trent. And no, 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 no. I'm just saying the Michigan Panthers. <laughs> Michigan does have a team, one of eight teams. Jeff Fisher, head coach. Are you going to tune in whatsoever? Because I am so. I in. will. Yes, I'm in. I can bet on these leagues that pop up. I don't know who, like who, whoever is in, like I don't. How do I phrase this? You're an idiot if you invest in one of these leagues. Any of these owners that are like, I'm gonna go spend them a bunch. It's the USFL is not going to survive. The AF, whatever the fuck was just going on. The Rock was it? The XFL is trying to come back. Like it. There nobody wants to watch football besides from the professionals at the highest level that play in the NFL. I'm sorry. No one watches the I G will. League. No one watches AHL games unless you're in the market of like Grand Rapids. Yeah, but those are like minor, Bob. those are minor leagues. Like this is like no, they, that's the way it should be held though, Trent. A minor league in the spring. I will watch that. If you like college football, you should like these leagues. That's the whole argument. Oh, but but this is isn't this gonna be just a bunch of rejects like Johnny Man? What's I'm gonna watch Johnny Manzel like up again? Rabs, I like that. I liked watching college football. I liked noticing the players and seeing where they're at. Like, I like that. Johnny Manziel? Yeah, I'll watch that. Connor Cook. Like, that's yeah, the, like, those dude, are the guys are you, you want to watch yeah. play. I, I have no one. Where are the Michigan Panthers Rabs, It's playing? not like I'm going to be do- like crying every game. And it's, it's just a so casual So if the Michigan watch. Panthers win a championship, you're going to care? You're going to take pride in no, that? No, I'm not going to care. I'm saying I will watch, though. It's going to be on a Saturday. I'll well, just hey, sit on the couch. Look, Rabs. The, Where the are the Michigan of, Panthers playing? They're they're, no all, one's playing in a location this year. They're all playing in, a, in like a bubble in Alabama or something like that. Like to, the, Dude, I, I know. Okay, I think we great. understand where, you, where you're where you coming from. Great. My point is this. If saturate the, the market. This is, this, is, <laughs> this, is, this is spring football. So my point is. If the Detroit Tigers and the Michigan Panthers are playing at the same time, I'm watching the Detroit Tigers 10 well, times. Obviously, out of 10. yeah. I'm just saying it's something to watch. Collins's point, it's something to bet on. 1 800 Gambler, if you have a problem, to quote the great Ryan Rabinowitz. It's just, I don't know. Jeff Fisher's like, they have decent names coming in on this league. So I don't know. Who, who are the names? No, Jeff Fisher is my point. He's the coach of the Michigan Panthers. Went to a Super Bowl. Great. <laughs> okay, that's all I got. Whatever. Labs, I think you underestimate the lack of sports in the spring. Maybe I do. Like the, oh. it's it's starting after March Madness, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. So it's like that period where it's like just baseball and like the Masters. Well, I mean the playoffs, right? Well, it's not even in that point yet. The playoffs don't start till like the first week of summer usually. 
Mm. Well, they start in like, yeah, like late April, whatever. Yeah. Hockey. My, my, my question was just <laughs> Rams throws hockey. <laughs> regular season hockey and regular season NBA don't move the needle for me. Well, I was going to, I, I don't want to, I don't want to completely uh, spill the beans here, but I have a, a little bit of a Vegas trip in the works that the wheels are starting to turn hard for uh, one of the last weekends in April. And I was thinking today, I was like, I was at the gym and I'm like, what the fuck? What are we going to bet on? And I'm like, but it's I mean, regular season. Hockey. NHL. That's it. Yeah. NHL hockey. That's it. All right. All right. Well, that's all I got. All right. I'm tapped out. Been a long episode. Thanks for bearing with us. We got a lot done today. This was productive. Productive. We aired our grievances. We are on the same page. We're up to speed. We answered Nick's question. So that is all for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. For Trent Bailey and Ryan Collins, I am Ryan Rabinowitz. Hey, submit any questions, comments, I guess if you have some concerns, or suggest topics for the show on our social media pages. We are on Facebook at the Motown Rundown page. We are also on Twitter at Motown underscore Rundown. Do not miss a single episode of the show. More often than not, we post episodes every single week. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, follow us, give us five stars, say something nice or don't say anything at all. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you next time.